Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Radio Pulso, also known as the Boyle Heights Beat Podcast. My name is Carmen Gonzalez, your local neighborhood reporter. And usually, I'm a student at Long Beach State, but today I'm hanging out with you. In Boyle Heights, they call it Orgullo, but what does Orgullo mean? And can it shine through amidst local and nationwide controversies surrounding the LGBTQIA community? This June, the Beat interviewed members of the community with ties to the barrio to highlight what pride looks like in a neighborhood like Boyle Heights. In and out of foster homes, while coming to terms with her sexuality, there was a time when JC found herself facing unique struggles tied to her intersectional identity. When Boyle Heights Beat first spoke to her in 2018, she was a student at East Los Angeles Community College studying American Sign Language while dealing with housing insecurity. Since then, JC has graduated from Rio Hondo College with a couple of associate degrees. JC has also founded Sunflower Foster Youth Investment in 2020 in efforts to help current and former foster youth with resources. Thank you so much for coming today, JC. So I know we haven't chatted since 2018, which is about like five years. Um, Back then, you shared uh, some of the struggles you were dealing with as a homeless college student. What have you been up to since? A lot of stuff, which I'm super grateful for. Um, So after that, I was very blessed. Um, I ended up getting my own apartment in downtown LA. I um, graduated with like three or four uh, AATs from Rio Hondo College. Uh, You know, they had a smaller uh, campus and office, but it was, I don't know, more personal. So I was able to refocus and actually get stuff done. And something I'm still working on, but I'm so proud of is I actually started my own nonprofit. Um, It's called Sunflower Foster Youth Investment. And it's to customize resources for former and current foster youth. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. When when did you start that? How has that how did that kind of blossom? Yeah, um, so it officially uh got state approved in 2020. Um, but w- because of COVID, it's kind of been a slow uh, you know, progress. Uh, we're actually having our second workshop this weekend with Penny Lane. Uh, but it started because of my background, um, seeing that there was just a lot of uh, holes in resources or people were doing the same resources. And it's like, no, because at the end of the day, our statistics aren't getting any higher. Um, and y'all keep saying there's resources. Yes, there's resources, but they're the same resources. Um, so it kind of became my passion to help others in any way I could. And when I was able to save up enough and make my purpose and dream come true, I opened up uh, Sunflower. Um, it's remote. It's still like through online stuff. Um, but the goal is to one day get a, like a location, you know, and be like a, a one stop type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's been a great opportunity that I'm grateful for because I'm able to pass it on. Because, you know, I'm successful in my own way, but I wouldn't have been able to if it wasn't for people that, you know, helped me out when I was down for sure. Um, but, yeah, I have one colleague, Irving. He's beyond amazing. He really is the one that keeps the ball rolling. Um, but, yeah, he's 
definitely like my right hand and I'm super grateful um, for my little team, but I'm hoping to one day expand it uh, so we can, sorry, so we're able to provide more resources uh, to the youth and um, adults that were formerly in care. That's really cool actually. Um, and I'm glad that, I don't know, you've taken something, I don't know, since I, I really relate to like, we, we, I remember when we met at Homeless Inc, we had a conversation about, because I was at that time undocumented and like, you know, still trying to figure out the landscape of immigration. And you gave me a lot of resources that were, I don't know, usually like immigrant organizations um, give the same resources over and over. And it's a little like, well, that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to me. Or I don't fit in that category. And I'm, I'm really excited that I'm excited and proud that you actually, I don't know, took that and like made it bigger and are now helping other folks. Um, uh, reflecting on your past, how would you say your identity with the LGBTQ plus community affected your journey in life? Oh, that's a long one. Okay, nice and simple. Um, it definitely made my foster care experience a little more challenging because I guess the foster parents knew I was a lesbian before I did, and most of them were very religious, uh, so I would get kicked out a lot. But, you know, that's something that shaped me into wanting to create Sunflower, right? Because I feel like all youth go through stuff, but especially our LGBT foster youth. Uh, stability is already an issue, but then you add, sorry, then you add sexuality to it, and it becomes a whole new ballpark of, like, um, there's not enough homes that are accepting. Um, the youth themselves are already battling all this other trauma, and then you're adding trauma of them not being accepted, right? So poor babies, that's like a whole bunch of mental health issues. Um, but once they're able to accept themselves, it's a beautiful journey. So that's what I did. Um, it took me forever to accept myself for who I was. Um, I was... I, probably mentioned it before, but I was kicked out at 18 because I was outed and I was like, yeah, I'm tired of hiding. I don't like men, right? I am a lesbian. I got kicked out of the same day. Sorry, I got kicked out the same day and I was in that placement for four years. Uh, before I was a lesbian, they were like, you're the perfect daughter. We're going to help you get a car, finish college, all that good stuff. But yeah, you know, people when they're uh, biases, but that's life. So I'm grateful for those experiences because if it wasn't for those experiences, I wouldn't be proud of who I am. I wouldn't be, I don't know, a person that is safe for others to be themselves. But yeah, I love who I am. Um, but I actually, less than a year ago, came out as non-binary, which for me, it was something different because I didn't know a lot of information on it. Even though I did trainings, it was like for work, you know? It wasn't really, f I don't know, for self-discovery. But yeah, so now I go by as a non-binary lesbian because that's just how I am and who I am, and I'm very proud of that. But yeah, I took all the negative uh, experiences when it came to foster care and then adding, you know, being a lesbian, that didn't really help either stability-wise, uh, mental health-wise. I was just filled with self-hate um, but I love who I am and I'm I don't know I always try to be very loving towards everything and everyone because I understand that the world we live in is just very chaotic so if I can bring peace and comfort to people uh, that's kind of the vibe I try to go with 
What is a non-binary lesbian for folks that may not know? I don't know, because everyone's different. But for me, eight years means that I'm not like super feminine, because uh, you know I do present very masculine personality, though I'm super femme. Um, and I love it, right? Um, but yeah, that's what non-binary lesbian means for me, is that I'm both mask and femme, um, but I don't like male or male-presenting people. Um, but you know, everyone can be different. I don't really like putting people in boxes, but I'm okay with my box. <laughs> what significance do you feel like uh, intersectionality has in the community? I mean, in every community, right, there's intersexuality. And I get it, there's this, I don't even know if it's pride or uh, ignorance, right? But it's like, oh, it's, you're this and only this. No, like, everything we do in life is complicated. So sexual orientation, gender identity, ethnicity, right? We're all, a, I don't know, we're, what's the word I'm looking for? We're all a jumble of things. Um, but yeah, I think that we just have to embrace that nothing is linear and that's okay. Um, there's beauty and chaos and disorganization um, because even in the LGBT community, unfortunately, um, there is a lot of hate when it comes to some members, right? And I don't think that it's ever gonna go away because it's just been so ingrained um, because we're cycles, unfortunately. So what happens is people were hated on, so when they don't relate or understand something, even though they themselves are like in that, I don't know, space, they, they give that, uh, I don't know, that energy back of like hate, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just think that in the LGBT community, we have to do better uh, to, to love and embrace each other um, because, yeah, um, at least based on my experience, there's a lot of confusion and hatred towards like trans people, non-binary, uh, bisexuals, unfortunately, and like all this other beautiful stuff, right? So in other words, what I'm trying to say, if people aren't like the basics, right, of like LGBT, which is like lesbian or gay, there's some type of misconnection, unfortunately. So I just think that society uh, has improved, uh, but within the LGBT community, we still have a lot to learn when it comes to loving our community. Um, but I think that's a journey that we all have to go through uh, because, yeah, love is something that is within and then it just naturally comes out. And if you don't know that, then you're not able to give that, right? And that comes out in the community. Um, but yeah, like any community, we have things to work on. Um, but I'm grateful to be part of it because, um, I don't know, it's just very free uh, and beautiful to see people be themselves. Um, and without people who went through harder struggles of, you know, being LGBT, I don't think someone like me would have the space and opportunity to find who they are. So I'm super grateful for the people before me. Um, and I'm hoping to continue passing on like love and safety uh, because being yourself shouldn't be a bad thing. I always um, say that um, I critique our LGBTQ community because I love them so much. 
<laughs> um, I'm also a big hater, but that's beside the point. Um, but I think like, and you mentioned it perfectly, like there's a lot of work we still need to do in understanding what community really is and should look like, especially, especially now more than ever. I feel like every year we say that, right? Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with the, the hatred and I don't know, lack of support we have for our trans members and also for, and also I'm gonna be honest, also any femme folks, like they, I don't know, it's such, even within gay males, like femme, fo femme men are always shitted on, drag queens are always um, not super supported. Um, and it's, how is it that we oppose this cis heteronormative society, yet we are replicating those things, right? Yeah, I think um, maybe maybe there should be more people like you spreading love because <laughs> I'm out here hating and maybe that's not helping. Um, I, and I wanted to bring up this point because I remember when I, w I was thinking back at the conversations we were having um, when I interviewed you and one of them was um, you shared that um, at Hovenus Inc. they um, supported you with clothing and some of it was very affirming for you, very because it was more masculine um, clothes. Fashion has always been very important in the queer community. As someone who went through the foster care system, do you feel like you were able to express yourself in that way? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> it was, oh, you're a female. Here's dresses. Here's skirts. Um, and that was not just, like, you know, foster care community events. That was, like, foster parents themselves. They're like, oh, don't go there. That's for boys. And I was like, but that's a cute shirt for whatever's right. Um, so once, you know, I became 18, I was like, I'm going to buy all the things I ever wanted. And, you know, I to this day, it's still my style. It's uh, a good pair of jeans, collar shirt, comfy boxers, you know. Uh, but, yeah, no, back then, um, I have seen it improve in the new community events for the new generation of foster youth. They get to choose what they want. It's not, okay, you're a boy, here's boy clothes. You're a girl, here's girl clothes. Um, it's just very nice to see that they have freedom to express themselves through clothing. So I think when I was in foster care, yeah, it was not affirming in any way. But that's okay because it appears that it is affirming and accepting. Uh, that clothes is just clothes for the new generation of foster youth. So I'm super grateful that somewhat right uh the foster care system is improving so more power to them um because yeah no uh, clothes is the way people express themselves it shouldn't have a say of what placement they go to or don't have um looking back at your life now is there someone or a moment in your life that really helped you feel validated and safe as a lgbtq plus person oh Yes, my last foster mom, Tanya, I call her mom. She's my chosen mom. So <laughs> when I got kicked out, uh, my social worker found or kept hearing about this amazing foster home and this amazing foster mom that took card cases or cases no one wanted, right? Or in my case, a youth no one wanted, right? Because I was a lesbian. Um, so my social worker takes me to this house. I'm waiting in the car. Uh, Tanya's like, what the heck? Like, I told her I would think about it and give her a call. 
and my social worker's like, I have nowhere to take her, da-da-da-da. So they are, they're talking for, like, about an hour. I'm paranoid, like, where am I going to go? I was like, I should have stayed in the closet, right? All these negative thoughts in my head, like, I shouldn't have been brave enough to choose me for the first time, right? And I was mad at myself, I'm not going to lie, because I was like, I had it all set up. All I had to do was pretend to be straight, but, you know, we all have our limits, so. So yeah, an hour passes as I'm talking, um, and I get placed in this amazing home that I'm super grateful and changed my life. Uh, last week was my birthday, and I had lunch with my chosen mom. Uh, so Tanya took me to IHOP, and we started talking about how we got into each other's life. And I was like, "Did like how did how did you choose to say yes?" And she told me, like, oh, your social worker told me that you were a lesbian, if that was going to be an issue. And I looked at her, and I told her, why would that be an issue? Most of my girls are, and if they're not into it, they're not into it. And I started laughing. Like, this, so Tanya is an older Mexican Catholic woman, but she embraced me and every foster girl she had to be themselves. Uh, so that's why, to me, she's an angel and my chosen mom. But I was like, so she told you I was gay to try to, like, throw you off or something? She was like, I don't know, but you seem like a good kid. And it's been nine years. Uh, no, a little bit over nine years. Sorry, I'm bad at math. But, yeah, I told her, do you regret opening the doors to me? And she's like, no, I'm grateful because I got a daughter. Uh, and I was like, thanks. But, yeah, um, unfortunately, it's not even just foster parents that discriminate against LGBT foster youth it's the social workers themselves and I didn't know that till last week that that was like an issue for my social worker but yeah no my chosen mom um Tanya is I think someone that really first embraced me uh, not just like opening her home and heart but when I entered her house everyone loved my hair it was long curls and I hated it because it wasn't me it was a lot of work and I'm talking to Tanya one day I was like, what if I go bald? And she's like, go for it. And I was like, she's like, Jessica, so her daughter, uh, which is like my older sister. Um, she's like, Jessica, will cut your hair. Just tell her. And I was like, okay. So I donated my hair, and I was bald. And I was like, not the cutest, but I was so happy to not have long hair. And that's how I discovered that I like having short little boy haircuts. and Or men, sorry, men haircuts. Uh, because it just felt right. Um, so yeah, she and her family, who became my chosen family, uh, gave me the space to not just discover who I was, but told me that it was okay to be discovering myself, if that makes sense. Because some, some people are like, oh, okay, you're gay, next. But no, like, everything in life is a transition, right? So they saw me from super femme to this fabulous person I am today, and to this day, they adored every step I've been in. Um, which is nice uh, because you wouldn't expect a Catholic Mexican woman to like embrace me as like their daughter. Um, but they have always had my back and I'm so grateful for it. Happy birthday. Oh, Happy you. belated <laughs> birthday. Um, so you're a Taurus. Yeah. The, out of the whole thing you just said, I just got out of the you're a Taurus. So hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> judging, I'm judging, it's but that's okay. You know what? I live with three Tauruses. Mom's birthday's on, mom, my dad's birthday was last week. Mom's birthday is this week. My brother's birthday was in April. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of heads I butt with. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, 
that's actually a really beautiful story. I think um, we don't often hear about religious people, older people being super supportive of queer identities. Oh, yeah. Like, she even told me before we finished our meal in IHOP, right? She was so cute. She got the senior special. I got waffles or something. And I was just laughing. Like, I have never imagined this moment. But I'm grateful it happened because she's like, I don't know why people make it a big deal. It's not that serious. Like, they're not hurting anyone. And I was like, okay. And I, I asked her, right, because I don't know. I, I guess I just need a lot of reassurance, right, to know that I know I'm working on it. But to know that I'm, like, genuinely lovable, right, but that's just past trauma. And I was like, do you regret opening your doors, I asked her again. And she's like, no, mija, you are the kindest person I know. And I was like, okay. Because like the first time I realized she defended me, uh, we went grocery shopping. And this nosy customer in front of us butted in our conversation, because I was like, hey, ma, do you need anything else? Because you know, we're next. And my mom's like, no, no, no. And the lady's like, es su, su nieta or something like that. And my mom's like, no, es mi hija, por qué? And I looked at her because I wasn't even in like her house for like two months. And I'm dark skinned. She's like a light skinned little lady, right? Yeah. So my mom is like amazing. She is petty and I love it, right? So she looked at the lady with like attitude. And she's like, oh, she's morenita because when I had her, I drank too much chocolate milk. And the lady like is like shut down. She was just like, she has left us alone. And I looked at my mom laughing. I was like, you didn't have to defend me. It was fine. Like, I don't really care. She's like, no, you're my daughter, and it's none of their business. And I was like, oh, okay. And then that really opened me up to let myself be okay with having a family. Because before that, no one would step up. They'd be like, oh, that's, a, that's our foster kid. Oh, oh, los pagan para cuidarlas. Like, it was always, like, about money or, like, we were an item that they had to take care of. And it's, like, I don't know. For me, it was the first time I felt protected and, lack of better words, uh, claimed in, like, a family. So it was really nice. Uh, but, yeah, there's good people out there. We just have to find them and pass them on um, because, yeah, you're right. A lot of religious people uh aren't the best but at least for me like they're well her right and her beautiful family saved my life so yeah the the quote-unquote claiming right for lack of a better word as you said um and they just didn't just it was like all of you right and like yeah we're all different colors and parts of the rainbow but they never i don't know judged us the the number one rule in the house was don't lie I don't know. Uh, she just wanted us to do better, and she understood that because we were young. We weren't going to learn because she told us. We were going to learn the hard way, and when we fell hard, she was going to be there to pick us up like a real mom, you know? Moms are like, okay, go be, go be dumb. When you're ready, I'm here for you. So it was really nice. Um, yeah, she's, she's always been a very accepting person. Um, I remember one of our conversations a few years ago was like, um, I cried my heart out, I, and I don't, I'm not a very cryful, sorry, I don't cry, like, I can count how many times I've cried in my life, but my mom was telling me, like, if I would have met you when you were four years old, I would have adopted you, and you would have been my princess, and I was just like, it's okay, because you're in my life now, and, 
everything happens for a reason. But it was just so nice to know that, I don't know, she would have always chose me, if that makes sense. And for someone being in a foster care background that was very, I don't know, very healing. Because um, I went from not being chosen to being chosen even in like an earlier stage, if that makes sense. The chosen family sometimes is the, the people that always come through over and over. Well, have you ever celebrated Pride, like gone to Pride LA or WeHo during Pride Month or I don't know, there's, the, yeah, I'm like trying to like remember all the places. Um, and if you have, you know, one, what does Pride mean to you? And when was the first or most memorable time you celebrated it? For me, Pride is being comfortable in my skin and being comfortable enough to accept others. My first Pride was, a f I think I was like 20, 21, uh, the Long Beach Pride. I had went with my roommates who were also in foster care or formerly in foster care. And um, it was interesting. It was my first Pride. Um, and even though I was out, I was still learning a lot about the community because growing up it was very religious and just very negative approach when it came to, to prides, right? So I went because they wanted to go, but I was like terrified. Uh, I was like terrified of everything from drag queens to people wearing rainbow, but I went because I was like, no, this is part of my culture now, right? I should learn it. Um, and I'm grateful I did uh, expand my mentality because everyone shows pride differently, right? Um, the way I show pride is just embracing myself and embracing others as they are because it's hard to be yourself in this world. I've gone to different prides after my first one and I can't wait to go to more because that's where you continue growing your tribe, you know? They say Long Beach Pride is better than LA Pride. Can you confirm? Uh, I'm not sure because I haven't gone to LA Pride, but I've gone to WeHo Pride and I kind of like WeHo better. <laughs> mm, I see. I, I need to do Long Beach Pride to be able to compare. I, I actually went when I was underage. Um, they had like a youth contingent, like early like it was supposed to be earlier in the day but of course we all stayed late of course um and it was the most messy um like traumatic experience <laughs> um but yeah i i haven't gone back since but it's it, it can be like a lot to take in but also like i don't know when will you ever see more gay people dancing and having fun you know it's like usually we only see each other at protest um, so it's nice to be able to celebrate and people that drink get drunk and be messy, um, and, you know. My, my first official pride was when I was 12. I went with our church and we were protesting the pride. So little me, right, was like, that looks so cool and so cute, right? But I had to try to get youth into the church. It was it was. Uh, low-key kind of traumatizing because I was like I want to be where they're at right uh, so I guess a little part of me was like bitch you're gay I love it right uh, but uh, the other part of me was like I don't know angry and I don't know it was just a lot of self-hate but my first pride when I was sorry my first pride officially was when I was 12 I was part of the church group that was passing bibles while the adults were yelling 
horrible things. Um, so that's why I was also scared to go to a Pride because, I don't know, I like I said, it was low-key traumatizing, um, but it was just nice to see that it wasn't perverse as they, I guess, told me it was. It was a celebration of people being themselves, and that's why I try to go to Prides whenever I can because, like you said, there's, like, so many people, and it's so nice. What um, what advice would you give to another LGBTQ plus member who are still looking for the courage to be themselves openly? Oof. I want to say don't feel forced to ever come out. Do it when you're ready and when it's safe to. Uh, because when it's not safe to, it is, I'm not saying coming out is not worth, you know, uh, what am I, sorry. I'm not saying coming out is not worth it. I'm just saying it's not worth putting your life in danger. Um, I've known people that were outed and life got way more complicated. Um, in my case, I got lucky. Um, but yeah, I would say don't ever let anyone force you to come out because it's something that, I don't know, you should do when you're ready. Um, and again, when it's safe to do because I don't know. I just don't want any more LGBT people to get hurt. But the world we live in, it's never going to happen, right? So if we can be safe about it, that's what I would recommend. Just, I don't know, have a plan and just be safe because it's not going to get better anytime soon. What does being part of the LGBTQ plus community mean to you? I don't know, because I'm still trying to find my little tribe. But once I do, I am sure I will be grateful. Um, but for now, I'm just grateful that the community before me and the community that I have, uh, I guess, seen, right, um, is still fighting the good fight. Um, because, yeah, um, it's still hard uh, to be an LGBT person. Um, but at least we have more visibility now. So that's one win, but we still have a bunch of other stuff to fight for. So um, I just think that the community we have is constantly growing and learning just like everyone else. Is there anything else you would like to add? Where can we find your nonprofit? Anything, yeah. Um, yeah, so we actually have a website, Sunflower Foster Youth Investment. Um, you can like Google it, and I think it's like the second search. Um, and then our IG is Sunflower Youth LA. Um, yeah, we don't have any set time, so like if anyone has any questions, we answer as soon as possible because we understand that some needs are not like a 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. thing, right? Some issues happened early morning or after midnight, right? So it's just like, um, whenever we get a message or something, we try to respond because, again, some needs are more immediate. Um, so we try to be understanding on that. Um, so, yeah. Um, I believe we have a Facebook. I'm sorry, I'm not very social media 
wise, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the best way to reach us is through our IG um, or through our email on the website. Um, and then again, we, we don't have a time set thing, so we reply as fast as we get the messages because again, um, we try to make sure that the needs are covered as soon as possible because uh, sometimes you can't wait because it just gets worse. Yeah, thank you so much, JC, for chatting with us. Catching up with JC was great. Sharing your life story is not always easy, but you can hear the determination in JC to turn all these hardships into positive changes. We're so excited to see what the future holds for JC. And that's a wrap for our Radio Pulso podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Carmen Gonzalez. If you want to pitch us an idea for our radio show or our newspaper, send us an email at boyleheightsbeat at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you as we pride ourselves in offering noticias por y para la comunidad. Or we'd even love to have you on our show. Also, make sure to check us out on social media to stay up to date. You can follow our Radio Pulso Instagram account at Radio Pulso. That's radio with three R's. You'll hear from us again next week as we continue sharing more Pride community stories. Don't forget to tune in.